Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. Hey, welcome back. This is Monroe County Sheriff Todd Baxter here in Rochester, New York, uh, sharing with you episode number 58 of Behind the Badge. We're talking to our Internal Affairs Bureau today, guys. How you doing? We're doing good. Good. I got the trifecta. I got answers out of all of them. That's good. I should be in Internal Affairs. That wasn't bad. So, uh, you know, the policing, we have a lot of power in society. We have a lot of authority over other people. And, and with that, uh, we have the ability also to, I think, uh, very well to police our own. Uh, with that authority, you know, people say comes a lot of power and, and potential for corruption and uh, of being a, a sheriff that took over a corrupt police department. Uh, I, you know, it, it sounds cliche from afar or it sounds like, uh, you know, they can't possibly happen here in Rochester, New York, but um, nor is it even close here in the Monroe County Sheriff's Office by any means. But the fact is, I think power always needs to be checked. And uh, I think power uh, unchecked uh, leads naturally to bad things. Uh, so that's why I think in policing, most importantly, we have an internal affairs bureau, you know, just to make sure we're checking our own power uh, as we play out our part of society. So the internal affairs, you know, most people in society are aware of it. We'll get deeper into what it is. But more importantly, I'd like to introduce our members of the internal affairs bureau and uh, Lieutenant Pat Rojas. How are you? I'm doing fine, sir. Good. First time on the podcast? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, sit back, put on a seatbelt and enjoy the ride. But uh we're going to have a good time. Just tell the uh, community a little bit about yourself. You're in charge of the Internal Affairs Bureau, the lieutenant in charge of a couple good sergeants. That's correct. Um, my name is Pat Rojas, as you stated. Uh, I've been with the Sheriff's Office for approximately 28 years. I started as a part-timer, and I've worked many different uh, positions with the Sheriff's Office. Uh, I was in the United States Air Force for four years. Uh, I achieved the rank of sergeant there. I'm married. And believe it or not, been married for 32 years. Wow, congratulations. Um, we've been blessed with two beautiful children, a daughter and a son. Amen. And, uh, yeah, I'm very happy. I've been I've had a great career here. Yeah, I've been working with you, I think, all how many years? Um, we've been together since yeah. you took over as sheriff, but we knew each other when yeah. um, training in the academy and things of that nature. It's always been a great relationship. So it's uh, great working with you professionally. Lieutenant Galena. I'm sorry, no? No, sir. Under sorry. Sheriff Galena. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what is the rank? It changes every day down in your, and the title of your door. No, uh, just Sergeant. Oh, Sergeant. I'm sorry. That's correct. Okay, Sergeant Galena. I'll take a couple seconds. It's an ongoing joke here at the Sheriff's Office where some people are assuming ranks that they really don't have. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm the one assuming any rank. I think that's been uh, kind of gifted that <laughs> way. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, talk a little bit about yourself, will you please? Uh, thank you. Uh, Chris Galena, Sergeant. I have uh, 18 years of service with the Jail Bureau. Obviously, current assignment here is Internal Affairs Sergeant. I've worked in many different assignments in the jail, um, central booking, mainframe, jail transport. I was a supervisor of jail visitation. I've been a class counselor, FTO. I am married with two little girls. They are seven and eight. Active, I have them in lacrosse. My wife and I have them in lacrosse, taekwondo, and uh, golf. Taekwondo. 
Yep. It was an event in the Olympics this year, wasn't it? Is that new or has that been a while? Or did we receive a gold? Something was different with Taekwondo, no? No, no, no idea, actually. Current events. We'll get into them later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sergeant LeClaire, how are you doing? I'm good, sir. Good. Uh, be tough to follow Lieutenant Galena. On <laughs> good, good, good. good. Uh, I've been with the Sheriff's Office for 17 years, uh, 14 in the Police Bureau, about three in the Jail Bureau. Uh, my time as a deputy was most of it was spent in A-Zone on all three platoons. I did a stint in background investigations. I'm a member of the scuba team. Uh, after I got promoted, I uh, went to Knights uh, before coming up to Internal Affairs. Uh, was a member of the Marine Corps Reserve for about six years. And I am married with a uh, three-year-old daughter and a child on the way. Oh, that's awesome. You're a busy man. Yes, sir. Three-year-old running around the <laughs> yeah. house. We just had a granddaughter uh, a month ago. And uh, we're just waiting for that, that toddler age, you know. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it as a grandparent, but boy, it's wearing as a parent. It's a lot of fun, too, when they start to develop their personalities. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, LT, go back to you, uh, Pat. Why internal affairs? Why, why does an organization like a sheriff's office need an internal affairs bureau? What, what's the purpose? Well, <clears throat> I think it's important for internal affairs for the transparency. It allows our members and the public to know and be held accountable for any type of things that our membership may do, you know, good or bad. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of those things that our unit, all we do is try to find the truth. And good or bad, mm -hmm. that's all we try to do is when something comes into us, we just want to know what happened. and find out exactly what happened and you know and things let the chips fall where they fall right and uh and most often you know you might find a procedural complaint you might find a a a, a human being inside a blue uniform that, that said something they weren't supposed to say right because they got frustrated or, or anger um it kicks in or something like that but uh you know i think the other part that you know we hold a standard you know, and internal affairs holds that standard very high. And I don't think anybody in law enforcement doesn't want to be part of the best organization. Uh, and best organizations have high standards. They hold themselves to a high standard. Your favorite football team, your favorite uh, military unit, you know, they, they hold themselves to a standard that's higher than everybody else. Um, so that's very important. Difficult job, though, I'd, I'd call, you know, Lieutenant, uh, just uh, so we're policing police officers, and, and no one likes to be policed, uh, even the community, right? They, they don't like when they get pulled over by a cop, or they don't like when someone knocks on their door and there's a blue uniform there. Uh, it's sometimes just an, uh, you know, not a good feeling. Uh, so how do, you, how do we do that with the, the sense of maintaining integrity of our organization, but also uh, maintaining you know, the, the goodwill of the employees, too? We're not out here looking for you. We're not here trying to get you. Yes. I think one of the things that people don't realize is that our internal affairs unit is not proactive. We are more of a reactive. Um, we make our members accountable for all the rules or our regulations, um, our general orders that we have here, and the core values that you have given us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everyone's being held accountable for that. And they should know that, that we're not out there looking for them. We're not hiding behind some tree or some bush, you know. Complaints come in, and it's our job to investigate those complaints. And if they're minor, we send them back to the bureaus. If they're major, we keep them, we investigate them, and we find out, you know, ultimately what did occur there. Um, I think our members know that as far as the guys up here. You know, I've 
I've been very, very lucky with Sergeant Galena and Sergeant LeClaire. Um, they do a really good job here. They work super hard um, for for the office. And um, I think everyone that comes up here knows that, that we are here to do a job and just to find out what actually occurred. Right. And in and then the chips fall where they may, and that usually falls up on my lap, right? You know, that's that's where my job description comes in to to adjust fire if it, it needs to be adjusted. But uh, and, and that's not always discipline. Sometimes it's coaching and counseling. Sometimes it's other remediations that we could do. Uh, and, and sometimes we find out that the, you know everything was done to standard, and maybe it's just time to explain to the community what occurred. Uh, but it's hard to explain to the community unless we have the fact pattern. You know, we never want to make an error on that and, you know, explain something and find out our facts are off built. You know, so it's very important we do thorough investigations on, on these things so uh, everybody can leave with at least a sense of the facts of what occurred. Sergeant Galena, you're from the, uh, and most people wouldn't think about this, you know, we have a sergeant, Sergeant Galena, from the jail barrel. You know, if people think internal affairs, they think of TV, or right? they think of movies and things like that. But, uh, you know, we often get complaints uh, of occurrences inside the uh, the jail. I mean, I remember probably two months ago, my phone was ringing off the hook on a September, not a September, on a Sunday. And it was just amazing the, the phone calls I was getting from legislators and, and, and media about how one of our deputies, had, it, it kicked someone's head in, literally, to the, the, the brains were oozing down the stairs and that we were covering up with tarps uh, and, and, and uh, taking all the witness wit, uh, victims and you know other inmates and separating them in different parts of the jail. I mean, this was coming in on a Sunday and my phone was literally blowing up and, and uh, you know, it was just funny that you can go real quick and get a fact pattern and get that out to the community as quick as possible. None of this even occurred. It was social media gone crazy, right? So, um, you know, what, what's different about investigating uh, complaints inside the jail? You know, what, what, that's a unique environment that most of the public doesn't understand what's occurring in there, let alone we now we have to share with the public after a complaint uh, of a fact pattern that occurred inside the jail. What do you find most unique about that, you know, sharing what occurs inside the jail? Well, as you just said, what's interesting about that is you'll have the, it's the rumor mill, right? So right. you have inmates on the phone, right? and then they're calling their loved ones. Their loved ones are calling other friends, calling other family members. Now it's on Facebook, now it's on Twitter, now it's on Instagram, and then, you know, it's a, it's a telephone game. Right. right. You line up 12 people in a row, by the time you, you know, front to back, it's a completely different story, and all different parties are involved. So it's a little bit of a unique dynamic, and then you have to dig even further and further into what actually occurred. And by that time, you hope that you got the fire out. Right. You know, even before it hits the press and, and then people run within a different way that it, it's it's untrue. You know, in, the, in, the, in your situation, what you got was completely untrue and none of that even was close to right. what happened. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was completely off base. And then come to find out, it was a, it was a nothing situation. Yeah, and, and what's so essential to me at that moment is facts. You know, in, in my favorite response to anybody in the sheriff's office, you go to one of my staff meetings, my favorite response to any one of my questions is, by far, I don't know. You know, because I don't know is a fact at that moment, right? I don't know that answer to that question, but I'll go get the answer. Uh, because we can't release information that's not factual, in particular from internal affairs. You know, when I say my internal affairs looked at it, and I'm giving that information to the public, that has to be factual information, or, or don't release it yet, right? Which, again, is that counter pressure I constantly have where, the public's dying for information, and if we don't give them information, they're going to make it up on their own, right? So um, it's that yin and yang constant pull. Sergeant LeClaire, you know, coming from the jail and also the road, 
you know, what what do you find most surprising about your your you're the newest member up here? Uh, what's what's surprising about your your experience here in internal affairs? You know, coming from both you know the jail and the road patrol perspective. Now you're in internal affairs. You're the sergeant up here. Well, that's a good question. I don't know if I've really found anything all that surprising. Um, you know, I think all of us have a lot of experience in the department, and you know, have seen over the years different types of cases that have come and gone from internal affairs. So I don't think I've found anything surprising. But um, you know, it's definitely uh, very enjoyable being up here. We're a very close knit unit with a lot of camaraderie. So that part, uh, not that I didn't think it would be that way, but that part has been very refreshing. It's also nice to see kind of the behind the scenes uh, way that the administration works and seeing things on a different level. You don't really get that perspective when you're out on the road or in the jail. So uh, I've learned a lot up here and, and I've definitely enjoyed my time so far. You left out how great the boss, Lieutenant Ross, was. I did leave that out. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Can we add in? Uh, I have a great supervisor. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think uh, I think the the camaraderie part is is definitely important because you guys are on an island all by yourself. Uh, structurally, the Internal Affairs Bureau reports directly to the sheriff, right? They, there is no middleman, middle table of organization, uh, and that's that's again intentionally set up that uh, you guys can't have any undue influence influence on anybody, or vice versa. You know, no one should be influencing you when you're doing your job. They have to go through me. Um, and that's never occurred because everybody respects that. And I think they respect you guys, in particular they respect the lieutenant that they're not going to come up and blow smoke up his pant leg uh, by any means or even trying to, you know, influence him. He's a, he's a man of integrity that uh, has no problem letting people know where he stands. And uh, But also do that with grace. You know, the fact is it's not a headhunting organization. It's part of the organization. But So with that being said, uh, you know, Lieutenant Rojas, what, you know, you know what, what's the what's the most enjoyable? I'm going to ask you a difficult question. And what's the most enjoyable part about running internal affairs? You know, most people think negative, negative, negative. What besides the great people that you have working for you? Well, I will but, tell you this. You know, other than like you said, the great people I have working with me, and you know, being inside the sheriff's office and working for this department for 28 years. I spent my whole career on the road bureau. Mm -hmm. So coming into a position like this, it allows me to see the other bureaus, their members, their leadership, and to find out what they actually do. Right. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that the sheriff's office, you know, we have close to 1,100 employees here, sworn and non-sworn. Mm -hmm. And we don't get to see everybody. We There's names out there I've never even heard of. Um, but coming into the in this position, I get to see a lot of people, not just on the road, but in the jail bureau, the court bureau, the civil bureau, our civilian staff. And, you know, there's things that they do on a day-to-day -day basis I have no idea. I didn't had no idea how difficult their job is. You know, my whole career has been based on how the road patrol functions. Right. And coming up here, I get to meet all these different members that we have and it's been very very satisfying and just talking to them and knowing what they do and what they go through on a day-to-day -day basis um it has been rewarding in that aspect of things why don't you elaborate on the jail <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't think so you know what I, I didn't and think i so. would and i would tell you yeah. this and, and mm -hmm. i've told people sure. many many a times um you know the jail bureau has the hardest job 
in this department. I've always said that to people. You know, even though I've been on the road patrol for 28 years and we have our difficulties, but talking to the jail uh, members and the deputies, yeah, that's a difficult job. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I sit here and I say it with total honesty, I, I don't know if I can do 28 years in the jail. <laughs> Yeah, you do 28 years in the jail, add up your tours, you're doing about eight years yeah. of incarcerated time yourself. And, you know, that's a minimum without all your overtime and everything else. So uh, a 30-year career, we added it up, you're doing about eight years incarcerated yourself, uh, which has that whole vicarious trauma, and, and which plays in a, you know, the other thing that internal affairs is designed to do. It's not just, a, you know, all right, so we get a complaint, we investigate, we find the facts, right? And the chips fall where they may if someone did something negative. Uh, a lot of times we find out it's maybe a miscommunication and we share that with the public, right? It's that constantly thing. But it's also the, the, the welfare of the employee. You know, how much time, it's not your job description, but then you sit, you bring me a fact pattern and we sit in a room with sometimes, you know, 15 people. And at the end of the day, we're here to protect the integrity of the organization. You know, I'll, I make that call if I got to make that call. Uh, if you're tarnishing my badge, right, intentionally, you're not going to be around here very long. You know, if you made a mistake, uh, we'll just fire in that and take your lump and take your training. And uh, but a lot of times we look at the the health of the person, right? All right, so who's making that decision and why they make that decision and what's with them going on personally right now? Because we want them to be a healthy employee. Uh, and I think that's very important that we, you know, even from an internal affairs standpoint or even a discipline standpoint that we're looking at, you know, at the end of the day, we want a healthy employee. So how can we remediate what occurred, make justice occur, but also make this person have a productive career and, and continue on, you know, marching forward. No one came into the job, you know, you know, swore the right allegiance to the, you know, the Constitution of the United States and the state of New York and then and, and goes out and then most often intentionally screws up the program, right? But we all make mistakes. So uh, how do we look at that person as a holistic person also at the end of this thing? And, and how do we get them on a path? Uh, because most often behind the scenes, there's a whole lot going on in that person's life that, that caused an error to occur. And I think that's important that we look at that person as a whole. I think we can start with the ones that are past their time as far as the seniority is concerned. Like when they're by a certain amount of years in mm -hmm. service. Like for jail, for example, if they're past that 25 years, it might be time. You know, if they're in command, staff to maybe yeah, retire. Oh, yeah. Or if they're so the, in the road Let me, folks won't command, know what the heck's so. going on here, but he's, he's creating a career path for himself. <laughs> you don't know that. So and, it's, <laughs> it's time for people to move on, he says sometimes. So, so Sir, just can't get promoted. Go ahead. Sir, you actually started this by calling him lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> you set us on this path. So there are two that. sergeants in this room that have vested interest. In just, we want, we, well, we're here for the welfare people, right? You right, know, so right, We right, want right. to help them get to the next level of their life, and by doing that. Mateo, the mark is 1853. <laughs> we're going to mute. <laughs> are you done yeah that's it so what do you do on the side i mean uh, you have an off-duty job you sell right you sell i do i do i'm a licensed i'm a licensed real estate agent yeah sergeant is always selling <laughs> sometimes i just end up with pens i'm like where did they? oh i know where that pen came from <laughs> written all over leclerc sergeant one each marine corps huh Yes, so sir. That's why I spoke like that. <laughs> OD green in color. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do in the Corps? Uh, I was infantry. Reserve. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I uh, enlisted in 1997. Uh, my enlistment was up in 2001. The original plan was actually to fly, go officer, but uh, things changed. Right. And uh, didn't really, uh, that wasn't the path for me anymore. So here I am. 
So uh, infantry to pilot, pilot back to infantry. That's, Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's dedication right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dedication. So you understand call for air support is very important. At least I you do. understand that concept. Yep. Yep. What the what what Marine Corps unit infantry units local? Do you? Uh, it's in Buffalo. Oh, you drilled out of Buffalo. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yep. So Paul Road doesn't have that. It does not. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, LTU served also. Yes. Uh, United States Air Force. That's correct. Sergeant, you left the rank of E5. Um, E4 sergeant. E4 sergeant. Gotcha. Fantastic. Still trying to get that whole upside down Chevron thing <laughs> with the Air Force. <laughs> Since 1983, been in the army, you know, like still can't figure out some of these ranks. That's good. And uh, so you outranked uh, Dean Tuthill or no? Um, no. 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 Um, Captain Tuthill <laughs> is. Uh, <laughs> He might as well be the secretary of the Air Force yeah. at this point. He should no. be the secretary of the sheriff's <laughs> office, too. He's, uh, he's a squared-away individual, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. No, I, I believe he's uh, a chief master sergeant. So yeah. he, he, he achieved a rank that um, I could possibly inspire to do, but unfortunately I, I got out after four years. Yeah, so. and, uh, yeah, it's an amazing thing, especially for a reservist. Sergeant LeClaire, you know this. You know, you're being pulled in multiple directions. You know, you got a full-time career, which is a blessing. Then you got your military career. Then you got your family you're building. Uh, those people that serve, you know, double duty like that, it's quite a pull. Yes, sir. Yeah. Balance college, military, yeah, it can be tough. And uh, we're still recruiting, I believe, to go in the United States Air Force, Marine Corps, Navy. Looking over to my left. My biggest regret. <laughs> yeah. Not join the Marines. My biggest regret. Join the, the Air, Air Force. Did you say? I'm mean the Air Force, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we just regret not joining the Air Force. No, nothing, nothing. I got the Marine Corps. Leclerc is all happy. Well, he likes that. I would say my biggest regret would be not joining the Air Force. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hotel rooms. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's not a bad it's a different, duty. It's uh, a different duty. It's a different it's, duty. It's, a different, it's, it's, it's where the smart people end up. Exactly. <laughs> because yeah. whether they're smart as a recruiter or what happened there. Yeah. That's good. So uh, what's, what, what do you like to do off-duty? What do we like to do to keep us self busy? Uh, is, you know, let's, let's talk some volleyball or dodgeball here. I'm sorry, Lieutenant Rojas. Do you want to, want to share uh, oh. your great program that you built out of a huge tragedy? And I'd ask you to share that just a bit. Sure. Um, my wife and I, um, back in 2005, um, as I stated earlier, um, we were blessed with two beautiful children. Uh, my son, who was 10 years old, uh, passed away. Uh, um, the good Lord asked him to come home, and he brought him home. Uh, Sorry, brother. Excuse me. And after that, my wife and I created a nonprofit um, foundation um, to help families who suddenly lose a child. Right. And, um, you know, through that nonprofit, you know, we've been able to help many, many families, and we provide um, funeral support, you know, funds for that, and um, and for grave stones and tombstones and markers, um, we pay for those as well, um, and plus emotional support um, to the families. Um, but as one of our fundraisers, um, we ha we do we used to hold them. Uh, unfortunately, COVID put an end to that but we used to have a um, dodgeball tournament <laughs> at um Rondecoy high school and um we've been very very fortunate that um people love dodgeball and they've come out and supported our foundation through the dodgeball tournament we have 
and um, we'd I'm happy to report that our last dodgeball t um, tournament we had, we had 109 teams, teams. Um, um, participate, and six people per team. So uh, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. And if that is the last dodgeball, we, we held it for 10 years. If that was going to be the last dodgeball tournament we had, uh, we left with a, with a bang. You yeah, know you what did. I mean? yeah. So, and, and one of the reasons I bring it up is, is you know, that tragedy – I. I can't even explain. No one can explain except you, uh, and and what you're doing with that you know because no one can. How do you console or can can you know talk to anybody that lost a a child? I couldn't imagine. Uh, but the point is, you you've experienced and you and your beautiful bride have taken that experience, and you share it with other people that are going through the same tragedy. That, that's that's precious. Uh, and then you bring up the tournament, and and you, folks, when you go to that tournament, it's. It's 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 like no other fundraiser I've ever been to. It's it's amazing. It's fun. People are throwing balls at each other's heads at warp speed. They're in the most freaked out garbs and uniforms, and you see cops walking around with tutus on or whatever it takes to to raise some money for a great cause. Uh, and and hundred and some teams come out to do that. You know, package them and just keep it going all day. And, and by the way, it's a it's a military operation. Also, you get to logistically, you got it down to a science with the food and the rotations of the teams and and the referees and um, and I I, I asked I asked you to share that because that's who we are as people. I think you and your bride are, are indicative to cops, and and I always try and share with the public uh, who we are behind the badge, right? Who's who? We we all have our job: internal affairs, SWAT teams. You know, you're working a court bureau. We all have a job function and. That's what we get paid to do. But more importantly, cops are good, wholesome people that could take a tragedy like you experienced, LT, and, and, uh, and, and walk other people through, this, through that uh, horrific event. But also learn how to raise funds out of it and find your niche and, and, and create an environment that people came out and celebrated your son for, for a decade uh, and celebrated you and your wife. So thanks for your, your service multiple times. Oh, thank there. you. Thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. So we're getting ready to wrap up this program. We wanted to share internal affairs. What are we? What do we do? Why do we have one? Why, why is most organizations don't, we don't have them? You know, if you go to other organizations, they don't have a dedicated unit to keep the standards and integrity up uh, of an organization. Hopefully you found out the great people that are working in there, the, the two great sergeants and the LT. Uh, we finish up with the no Miranda zone. You guys are familiar with no Miranda. Uh, no Miranda means you have the right to remain silent. No Miranda. Galini, you've never taken advantage. Just don't have to say anything, <laughs> but uh, you will answer these questions. So, you know, we'll start out pretty simple. It's just a, a bantering back and forth. Uh, go around the, the table real quick. Sergeant Leclerc, favorite candy bar? Twix. Twix. I like it. <laughs> LT. Kit Kat. Kit Kat. <laughs> I like how you say it. <laughs> Kit Kat. <laughs> Kit Kat. <laughs> yeah, good. All right. I, I didn't know you had to do it in a sexy voice. So, Sergeant Galini, <laughs> fa favorite candy bar? <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> Snickers. <laughs> Which is what we're all doing right now. That's like, can't. <laughs> you almost want to wrap it up right here. I'm going to try more and more. <laughs> all right, sorry, Julian, coming back to you. If, if, uh, if you're going to go on vacation, no money, no time, no issues, uh, where's your favorite vacation spot? Where do you guys like to go? Where do Cuca you want to go? Cuca Lake. Cuca Lake, absolutely. With the K, Cuca Lake. The one with the Y. That's the right. bluff in the middle of it. Yep. Yeah, great place. Fantastic. Great place. Hammondsport, one of my favorite towns. You guys yeah. go south? Absolutely. My absolutely. wife's been going there since she was a baby. Oh, really? She'll go there every year. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. It's, it's, my favorite spot. 
Yeah, God bless. We're, we are blessed with the Finger Lakes, man. It's incredible. LT, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous <laughs> to ask <laughs> if you and the bride are going to go on vacation. <laughs> Someplace sexy, romantic. <laughs> Where would you go? <laughs> um, Adirondacks. If, if we're staying up here in New York State, uh, we love to hike. We like yeah. to walk and uh, just like the outdoors. Yeah. Do you, uh, you and your bride do the peaks, the 46? I haven't, but um, Sergeant Clara just told me about that, and I was thinking about doing it until I saw him this morning, and he was walking around with a limp. Oh, you just he, did one. He just did a hike, and I yeah. was like, okay. Yeah, that, that's what that looks like at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, uh, if, when I'm sitting for a little bit, getting up can be a little bit tougher. That's awesome. Yeah, what, I, what I, I hiked yesterday. Uh, I did five. I did saw teeth, gothics, Armstrong, upper wolf jaw, and lower wolf jaw. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it was uh, it was a long day. Yeah, did you drive up, drive back? I went up Sunday afternoon, uh, and then started the hikes uh, Monday morning at five. Um, you start those out of the LOJ, or where you where you start? This up? one's from the Keene Valley, Saint Hubert. Oh, so you're already up a little further to the east. Oh, yep. that's interesting. That's good. Yeah, I'm planning my last trip. My son is getting ready to go in the army, and, and we're going to do an overnighter. Uh, we did it years ago. Almost killed him uh, going up Mercy, the back end, of, the back way yep. up Mercy, and uh, we. Luckily, we stopped and popped a couple of extra layers of clothes before we headed up the mountain, yeah. and uh, we needed them that night. So this can be our last hoorah we're looking up there. But uh, So I'm researching right now which ones I want to do. Yeah, uh, I'm at uh, 28 right now. 28 is the 46. Yeah, I'm getting there. And a, a good friend of mine, Daryl Pearson, police officer, City of Rochester, badge number 46. He was killed on the line of duty. And uh, so every time I go up, we, we raise a flag and take a great picture up there. Uh, I'm a little slower than you, uh, but I hope my goal is someday to do 46 for Daryl. A lot of my friends have done that, so I don't know if that's one of your goals, but uh, it is to do the 46. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know that about Daryl's. Yeah, that's his badge number. Yeah. So keep that's, in mind uh, that'll give it a new meaning too. Yeah, if you ever want to snap a picture when you're up there, and Absolutely. you guys are sharing that on social media all the time. So okay, I didn't know that. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for sharing a little bit about yourself personally, who you are, and uh, what IE does, and uh, really appreciate you guys and and. I thought we'd get a couple laughs out of it. It just didn't know it'd be cat. <laughs> but till next week, folks, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. God bless. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monroe Sheriff NY. Until next week, be safe.